Wolfpack Nation, Scott Wood here on Scott Wood's One Man Wolfpack. Uh, glad to have you back. I know it's a, a, a really tough stretch for NC State right now with a little bit of COVID going on in the system. So we've missed a couple games, have a little bit of a losing streak going on. So it, it's rough time. So hopefully we can brighten up your day. We got a special guest here, uh, Tyler Lewis, a former NC State and Butler Bulldog, as well as a McDonald's All-American. He's been to four NCAAs, so he's he's been a part of it all. So we're glad to have him on. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Scott, man. I appreciate it. It's glad to be back in Wolfpack country and be with one of the best players of all time <laughs> in that NC State uniform, that number 15. It's a pleasure. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. I got, I got a lot of assists from you, so uh, I, I, I couldn't have done it without you, that's for sure. So... Let's kind of get started. Let's, wh- what are you doing now? Fill everybody in, you know, it's, it's been a few years since, you know, obviously NC State's probably seen you. What, what you doing now? So right out, right out of school, um, I got into college coaching and then I figured out, man, the college coaching lifestyle wasn't for me. So now I'm working with my family with Phenon Hoop Report um, and we are hosting tournaments and, you know, it's just, it's been really fun to follow these kids. Um, their their process along the journey to help them reach their college goal has just been it's been awesome and it's been a smooth transition and I'm loving it so get to be around basketball get to be around the family so I can't beat that all right so you talk about you know college coaching and this is one of the things I I got in contact with Chris Corciani when I decided you know maybe maybe I'm done playing basketball and the first thing he said was uh, especially early on in your coaching career that, that a lot of people don't realize is you're kind of bouncing around. You'll go from school to school. You're constantly out recruiting. You're, I mean, you're constantly doing stuff. There's a lot of behind the scenes. Is, is that kind of the thing that you realized in coaching is that it was almost too much at times, and then you're constantly bouncing around? What was your experience there? You know, first off, I respect every college coach because it's definitely a grind. A lot of people, and even as a player, we don't understand all the stuff that goes into what I make in a scouting report or what goes into a pregame meal, somebody ordering food. Like we just take it for granted when we're players because we just show up and it's there. Um, We show up to practice and they're telling us the plays that the other team runs. So college coaches, man, um, they, they do a great job at from whatever school they do phenomenal jobs. And they, they spend a lot of time away from their families and they kind of make their basketball team, their own individual family. Um, so my, my first, my first, I was in it for three years. I mean, I started off at Furman, which is probably one of the best um, mid-majors in the country right now in the SOCON. I mean, they've, Coach Richie has done a phenomenal job. He's, I think, won over 20 games every year he's been the head coach. And then went to um, East Carolina with um, Joe Dooley. And, um, I mean, I think he's the perfect person for the job. He's going to turn it around. People don't understand, I think, how hard of a job it is to win there because you're you're in North Carolina basketball state but you have four ACC schools that you have to recruit against and then my last year in college coaching I was it was probably one of one of my favorites I got the um coach underneath um coach Strachey at Elon and he coached me at Butler University and um just coach Strachey just speaking on him a little bit um no one cares more than that guy right there and I got to witness it from a player standpoint and a coach's standpoint because you realize the daily grind and you realize, hey, it's more about helping the kids than it is about winning basketball games. And it was really fun to see it from both sides with Coach Draghi, and I really enjoyed it. But then 
um, I decided, hey, I don't not sure if college <laughs> coaching is right for me. Mm-hmm. And I have a kid on the way. Um, I want to spend more time with my family yeah. and still get to be around the game of basketball and still be able to impact these kids. So I was lucky enough and blessed enough to um, my dad started feeding on hoops mm-hmm. probably about 10, 13 years, 10 to 15 years ago, probably. And now I'm stuck in the position where uh, I'm really loving what I do. Yep. And uh, congratulations on the kid. I know April is April. Yep. All right. And I, I don't have you announced the gender to the world yet. We're having a baby boy. So, okay. All right. Now we can. So I'm having a boy in March. He's having one in April. So hopefully we get a good backcourt for, uh, for uh, NC state or Butler. Somebody's going to get a good backcourt. So, so we're going to get this um, Wood and Lewis backcourt going again. There you go. That, we're, hey, we're, we're gonna, it could we're, be deadly. It we're could be make deadly. One really happy. How about that? Yeah, for sure. For sure. All right. So kind of talk about, you know, the phenom hoops, you know, obviously your dad, Rick has been doing that for, like you've said, many years, Colby as well. Your brother is involved in it. Kind of touch on that. Cause I know that's, that's a big thing right now, especially in the recruiting circuit, especially uh, in, in North Carolina, you guys have a lot of, and, and a lot, a lot of people don't realize is how many connections you do have to college coaches. So a lot of college coaches are coming to you guys and trying to say, Hey, we're looking for this guy or, Hey, give us your thoughts on this guy. Cause you know, obviously you've seen them a little bit more kind of touch on that a little bit. You know, it's, honestly, it's been crazy because I've talked to more college coaches since I've been with Phenom than I did when I was in college coaching. <laughs> and you know, part of it's cause you're, you're, when I was in college coaching, you're more worried about your team and doing your stuff. But I mean, a lot of college coaches um, hit us up on a daily basis. Just, Hey, what about this kid? Um, did you see this kid the other night? Because college coaches, it's so hard for them during the season to see these kids um, because they're busy putting together a game plan. They're dealing with COVID protocols right now. Like they can't go out on the road recruiting. So like they rely on us a ton and there's, I mean, just not being on hoops. I mean, there's tons of other ones that do a great job, but on, on in North Carolina, in North Carolina, I think we have one of the best for sure. And um, a lot of college coaches trust us with their opinions and we're lucky enough, lucky enough to be in that um, position where we can tell them and they hopefully trust us and our opinions to tell them um, what players to go after and how they played that night. Yeah, for sure. And I think also you, what a lot of people won't realize either is like I went, I was involved with you guys and broadcasted that game. It was Apex Friendship and, and Fuquay Verena. And, you know, a lot the question that kind of got brought up with, with your brother and the, and the guys that were with me was, you know, they were helping some of these smaller recruits, maybe not necessarily a, an NC State commit or a, a big-time ACC commit. Some of these guys that are, you know, just looking to get onto a program, whether it's NAIA, Division Three, Division Two. So you guys have a lot of, you know, connections that way as well that help these guys that aren't necessarily the big-time recruit that, you know, a lot of those smaller schools may not ever recognize that you can kind of put their name out there and get them some looks. Yeah. Uh, what people don't understand is like, we're in it to help everyone, not just, I mean, we all know who the Breon passes, the uh-huh. Scott Woods of the worlds are like <laughs> people know like who the best players in the country are. They do like they, they set themselves apart from pretty much everyone else. They do like there's, there's different levels to it, but like a lot of people don't understand. Like we try to help the people who, like you said, are, Division three, division two, NAIA, low division one, mid-majors. Like our job is to help every kid get seen um, in North Carolina. Like we want to provide a platform, not just for 
the high majors. We want to provide a platform where all these kids have opportunity to reach their goals of playing college basketball. Yeah. And I think you guys are doing a good job of it. So we'll make, we'll make sure on this program, it doesn't go unnoticed. So let's, let's go back a few years. You, you're a big time recruit McDonald's all American Oak Hill Academy coach D Smith. Talk about that experience because that, uh, you know, obviously, you know, big basketball people know how big of a program Oak Hill is. Maybe, you know, some, some people that don't really pay attention to high school hoops as much kind of talk about that experience and how that, you know, made you the basketball player that you became. Oh, I mean, Oak Hill Academy is just a special place. Um, Coach Steve Smith been there for a while now, nine national championships was a pleasure to um, win the national championship in 2012 with him. He he's the best coach in high school basketball history. There's no doubt in my mind. Um, he, the way he's able to get so much talent to play together and the way he cares about his players um, is pretty spectacular. Uh, I've never seen a coach um, be able to relate to his players the way he relates to us. Um, he's, I mean, you can see, like, even this year, I mean, they have great players in MJ Rice, Kayla Foster, um, and, and more players. Um, and you see them on ESPN these past week playing, like, three or four games. And just the way they play and how hard they play for them is really special. Um, and just knowing Oak Hill's in the mouth of Wilson, Virginia, it's not the best place in the world. There's nothing to do up there besides play basketball. So, like, once you go up there, you're really dedicated on – winning games and getting better playing basketball and getting better in the classroom and Oak Hill is really special to me just because I mean we had a tremendous senior year um, we were 44 and 0 um, but just the relationship I have with those coaches and people at that school always just made a major impact in my life and you know it's an honor playing for coach Smith and definitely he's the GOAT yeah I mean uh if you just look at the players that have come through there, I mean, you got Rajon Rondo, Melo came through there, correct? I mean, you just have some of the best players of all time. And I, I think I was, I think I saw this the other day where it was just a, a list of like the Division One recruits. And it, I mean, each year they have like what six on a roster, seven on a roster. Yeah, I mean, no, I think my, I think my year we had ten players go to Division One. Uh, it's it's ridiculous i mean in most schools you'd be lucky to have you know one just just go play a sport not even basketball it might be a football player go play a sport let alone you got seven to ten guys on a roster playing division one basketball and i tell people all the time like to have a good high school team all you need is two really good players and you have a chance to go really far in the state championship um, and then just thinking like we had 10, like we're like our second five all went division one. So, yeah. I mean, it's pretty spectacular. Every, I mean, I talk about it all the time. Our practices were harder than the game sometimes just because the talent that you're going against. Yeah, for sure. So you, let's move to the McDonald's all American game. Cause I can remember there was a ton of hype on it. There was three NC state Wolf Packers in the game. Kind of talk about that experience and kind of what that meant, you know, obviously playing with, TJ and Rodney in that game and uh, and kind of the game itself. Uh, that that whole week was just special. Um, it's a it's a week that I'll remember for the rest of my life. Um, you know, every ever since you're a little kid and you you're a high school senior, you dream of playing in the McDonald's All American game, and to be able to be selected for that game is an honor. 
Um, it was a dream come true. And especially being able to do it with um, two great friends and um, TJ and Rodney. Um, we were really excited. Um, I know two of us ended up transferring, <laughs> which sucks, but, um, but um, it was, it was really special. And um, just being able to play in that game and it wasn't the best game I ever played. I'll tell you that much, yeah. but it was probably one of the, it was probably one of the most fun games I ever played in. Yeah, for sure. And I remember, I, I don't know where we were at. I think it was, I want to say Virginia tech and you guys, we, we were playing and we're on the road. And I just remember after the game, the first thing, all the guys are doing is hopping on their phone and seeing what you guys did and how you played. And I remember getting the news when you guys were all, you know, picked to play together. Coach Godfrey came in and like told everybody like, Hey, we got some big time recruits, all McDonald's, all American. So, I mean, just to have three recruits, especially coming in the same year is, I mean, it's no small feat, even for a Kentucky or a Duke or any program like that. So um, I can't imagine what, you know, even playing in that game and especially with two guys that, you know, you're going to go to school uh, what that would be like. So let's kind of move on. You come to NC State, we get our, we get your hands on you and, and kind of talk about, you know, obviously the first year you were with, with me, we had CJ Leslie, we had Lorenzo Brown, Richard Howe, Jordan Vandenberg. I mean, we go on and on. And then you got TJ and Rodney coming in, kind of talk about that experience. Obviously coming from Oak Hill, you've had high, high level of competition. Like you said, you had 10 division one uh, recruits that were on your team. So it probably isn't a real, real hard transition, but just talk about you coming in and, you know, obviously the things that you needed to work on and the things that you noticed going from Oak Hill to NC State. Um, I, I think the hardest part going into our freshman year was you guys just came off the sweet 16. Mm-hmm. Um, and bringing in three McDonald's All-Americans. And we were picked to go to the Final Four from the beginning <laughs> of that season. Yeah. And I, I think that was a lot, of, a lot of pressure because, yeah, people were blowing up our phones probably nonstop. Our Twitter feed was going crazy nonstop. Um, just being able to, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's hard because people think you're supposed to go to the Final Four and be a really good team. And people don't know how hard it is to win a game in the ACC or to win a college game in general. And I think the hardest part for me was just getting my body. I mean, I came into college at 150 pounds. Like, (laughs) I mean, I definitely needed to get um, my weight up. And I mean, it wasn't easy for me to put on weight at the time. Like it was, it was really hard. I mean, I was, I think I was on two work, two lifting programs a day and it was just crazy on protein shakes. Um, so, I mean, that was, that was the most difficult part for me. Um, go, and then plus I, I'm going against a great point guard in Lorenzo Brown every day. Yeah. Um, and, and that, and knowing that I had to fight every day for minutes for a kid for, I mean, Lorenzo was preseason I think all ACC first team, yeah. maybe if I'm not mistaken. And I'm like, man, like this kid is the real deal. Like how am I going to put myself in position where I can play minutes? Because, you know, as a freshman, like I come in, I'm, I'm at Oak Hill. I'm playing 32. I'm playing the whole game, 32 minutes a game. Yeah. I never experienced sitting on the bench before in my life. And that was the first time adversity really hit that I'm sitting on the bench playing five to eight minutes a game instead of, 32 yeah and and that that was that was a tough part for me was kind of learning how to be the player and be a really good player 
in my role. Like I, I, yeah. I and I wasn't mature enough at the time to be like, Hey, this is my role on this team. Like, how can I be an all-star in my role to help NC state be the best team? And then I think like during that season, I've showcased, especially like the Miami game, Duke game, yeah. Limson game, when you hit the game winner, like those were games that Lorenzo didn't play. And I was able to showcase my ability because I continued every day to stay ready and, you know, just have a good attitude every day. Yeah. I mean, for sure. And I think, I think I was telling your brother this when we were talking the other day, I think the moment that really helped you and kind of, you know, gave you that little boost of, you know, confidence was when, you know, I think Zoe came down with an ankle injury and ended up missing those few games. And so then that puts you in the, in the position like Miami to, you know, get those minutes and then get them those minutes at, at, against Clemson, because those were huge minutes because Miami ended up winning the ACC that year. And they were arguably, you know, a top five team in the nation most of the year. And then Clemson, we were struggling and we were like, okay, we haven't played up to our potential right now. And we're like, are we even, you know, going to be, you know, making the tournament now because we were struggling so much. And that's where we kind of, I think, well, for me too, uh, getting into that Clemson game, I'm like, okay, this is a must win. So uh, I think where you stepped in there really, you know, propelled us, obviously we didn't advance in the tournament as far as we would have wanted to with the talent that we had, but it also you coming in and giving us that spark would allowed us to, you know, take off for the end of the year that ended up getting us in the tournament in the first place. So, yeah. And all right. You're right. Talk about the second year. I wasn't there. So I could, I, I, my first year overseas, so I wasn't able to watch as much as probably what I would have wanted. So kind of talk your second year and, and everything that kind of happened that year. So the second year is crazy because um, we bring in another really good recruiting class with um, Cab Barber, Desley, um, Kyle Washington, BJ Anya, Leonard Freeman. Um, and you think like, man, like we have five really good players that came and Ralston was able to play that year. Yeah. Um, and we, we step in there, have the ACC player of the year that year on our team. <laughs> I mean, and with that year, we just, I mean, we played, there was times where we looked like the best team in ACT, ACC and sometimes we looked like the worst team in ACC. Yeah. I mean, we started off the season with, um, we lost to a very good um, Cincinnati team, like the second game of the season. And then a couple games later, lost at home to North Carolina Central, who ended up going to the tournament that year. And I think after the Central game, I mean, we hit some, I mean, it was definitely a season of um, highs and lows because we did win games in the NCAA tournament. Um, and, but just that year, um, TJ Warren was spectacular um, <laughs> to have a, to have a guy that, you can pass the ball to um, no matter where he is on the court. And you just think that he can go get a bucket. Um, <laughs> it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, he's definitely, in my opinion, um, the best score of I I've ever played with. And yeah. I mean, you, you've seen it in, I mean, we didn't get to see it that, I mean, he, he had some really good games to the freshman and average really good stats to the freshman, but I mean, you saw it in practice pretty much every day, like the stuff that he was able to do. And that was his whole, sophomore year like you yeah. throw him the ball and you put him in positions where he he could get a basket and he, i mean there's times where it's just like man give t give t the ball and clear out and yeah, yeah I mean, that's the thing you got a guy like that that i mean he really doesn't need a play i mean you can literally tell him hey just go right there we're just gonna give it to you and you just go one-on-one -on -one and score and i mean he's he's done that 
even last year he showcased it in the NBA and I keep telling all my my Indiana people I'm like don't be surprised obviously he's hurt now I'm like don't be surprised if he's an all-star because he's that capable he can score all the time and if he can find a way to just stay healthy for most of the year he's very easily going to be able to put up 20 points a game I think with Vic leaving now it and him coming back hopefully in the next few weeks it's just going to open up things more and I think that just says that the Pacers trust him that much more to get rid of Oladipo with him sitting there no he's he's special I mean to put up 50 points in the NBA game no matter if it's in the bubble or not and what he was doing last year before he had the um um foot surgery yeah just, just crazy um He's going to continue to get better. I mean, we know how, how how good of a scorer he is. It's just now that everybody in the world knows that he's that scorer. Yeah, for sure. All right, now let's talk about your transfer. Obviously, you end up going to Butler. Kind of talk about that decision. Because obviously, you know, I don't know if it was an easy decision or a hard decision. Talk about, you know, going to Butler and then that experience. Obviously, you get two more NCAA tournaments out of it, which anytime any put person gets four NCAA tournaments out of their career is, I mean, absurd. I was lucky enough to go to two and I'm happy with that. So kind of talk about that and going on to Butler and then you get two more NCAA tournaments. We all know the NCAA tournament is the greatest show on earth, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, Shout out to Cody Gott for that one. <laughs> that's right. Um, but it, it was honestly one of the hardest decisions of my life yeah. um, to go to make that move. Growing up in North Carolina, you dream your whole life playing in the ACC. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be able to play and play a lot of minutes. I mean, I think I averaged around 20, 22 minutes my yeah. sophomore year. And just coming off a really good, like, really good end of the year. And I was like, man, I don't, I don't know if this is the right decision or this is the right decision. Yeah. Um, I just prayed about it and kind of God led me to o- open it up and you know, when I got to Butler too, the same thing kind of happened when I was at NC State. Um, I committed with Sidney Lowe and played for Coach Godfrey. Yeah. And I commit with a different coach at um, um, Brandon Miller at Butler. And three weeks later, he takes a leave of absence. And I'm, yeah. and I'm with Coach Holtman, who's phenomenal. Like, you see what he's doing at Ohio State right now. And he went to his first three years as a head coach at Butler. He, I mean, three NCAA tournaments, the Sweet 16, you can't beat that. Um, but it, it was really tough. And But one thing I know, I'm, I'm really happy with my decision because, yeah. um, I mean, hindsight's always 20-20, no matter what. But um, I'm really happy that I made the move to Butler. I met some fantastic people, had two really good years playing up there, yeah. like you said. Um, I mean, we, we advanced both years in the NCAA tournament, won games. And I will say this we were both able to play in two of the best basketball states in America. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's, and that's, I think that honestly, that's kind of the coolest thing. Like I started in Indiana and ended up in North Carolina. You started in North Carolina and ended up in Indiana. And I mean, at the end of the day, we all think it, it, it worked out best for you. And I, I did the same thing when I, when I went through Sydney Lowe was leaving and Mark Godfrey got hired. It was just kind of, you kind of sit there and you're like, okay, is this, what's the right decision? And I mean, obviously looking back on it, I, I made the right decision and you made the right decision for your career, but it's just, it's just one of those things. Cause you build so many connections with a program, you know, literally you're the basketball teams, like your family. Like, I mean, we're all close knit. We're with each other two, three times a day and study hall. And then you decide, is, is it right for me to stay or is it better for me to leave? And I couldn't, I can't imagine, you know, the change 
you know, going to a whole new program, especially up in Indiana. And, you know, you leave kind of that behind growing up in North Carolina. So obviously it worked out for the better. And, and anytime I'm get, again, I'm going to reiterate it all, all day on here. You get four NCAA tournaments out of four years is just phenomenal. But, but people, people don't understand. Um, I mean, I think people in the college world understand and people in Indiana understand the, um, just the culture that Butler has set yeah. and, the, and the Butler way. I mean, you know about it and you, you graduated high school during the time where they're making back-to-back final fours. Yeah. You know? And I, I think the Butler way, I mean, I know it's the NC state podcast, but, hey. uh, Hey, but you, you know, the, but the Butler way special and it's, it's kind of like the motto that, they say on the court, but honestly, they, they live it off the court as well. Yeah. Like that whole family atmosphere is far more than just what goes on in Hinkle Fieldhouse. It's in the locker room. It's at pregame meals. just that when you're on the road. Um, I mean, it's definitely one of the best cultures in college basketball. Yeah. Uh, and trust me, when, when Brad Stevens uh, made the call to me and we had a conversation and went on my visit there, it's a, uh, it's hard to turn down Butler. Butler's a great program, it's, uh, and and it shows. They went to a couple Final Fours over there. Gordon Hayward was there. I mean, they they're they're always been a force to reckon with. So that's for sure. All right, so let's kind of talk about the recruits now. So you, you you've seen a couple of recruits, a couple of NC State recruits, and I don't know a whole lot about them. I, I mean, I could tell you about everything about the current roster, but from the recruiting side, I haven't really paid a whole lot of attention. So kind of touch on. Uh, the two recruits, especially the ones from North Carolina, and, and, and touch on what you think they can bring to the Wolf Pack next year. Um, or Terquavian is – he's a highlight reel. Um, he can get hot in any moment. Um, the term walking bucket, he, <laughs> he should be in the dictionary right next to it. Um, just the way he plays. He's so I mean, he's athletic. He can impact the game, like I said, with his scoring just – I mean, he does shoot some wild shots, but those are shots that you're going to live with just because he can make them. Yeah. Um, there's a difference between a shot taker and a shot maker, and he's a shot maker. And he, he's going to be electric for NC State. There's no doubt about it. Does he have some weaknesses? Everyone has weaknesses. But yeah. you know what? He's going to be a special player for NC State. Breon is honestly one of my favorite recruits. Um, just, I mean – not his whole story and being able to play two sports in college um, is really special. Um, I've known that kid since he was a freshman in high school. Um, I was at East Carolina and we invited him down to elite camp and he comes down to elite camp as a freshman. And we're like, who is this kid? This kid is a stud. Like he can shoot it. He defends. um, He's athletic. And he's just like a great kid. Like the kid that you want in your program, no matter if he's, averaging 20 points a game or if he's averaging two he's just the type of kid that you really want and he's going to do things the right way he's going to lead by example he's going to lead with his voice and I mean I think NC State hit the lottery with both those two guards now obviously we have Cam and uh and Shaq Moore how do you see them kind of meshing in together with the freshmen that we currently have I mean, those two guards have done a phenomenal job as freshmen. And, <laughs> and I, I just, I mean, and I think, I mean, the way that NC State plays, um, Coach does a phenomenal job. And I think he's awesome, um, perfect fit for um, these two recruits and being able for them to mesh. I mean, 
it, there's definitely can be a log jam at that spot. Don't get me wrong, but I think those, I think all four of them are a little bit different and yeah. they're all, I mean, from my contact with those guys, I mean, they're all really good kids and I think they all want to win. And I mean, I know NC State's on a little bit of losing streak right now, but I mean, you have two young guards in the backcourt who, and you're bringing in two more. So, I mean, I think you'll have a bright future ahead yeah. of you guys. Yeah. I mean, obviously it's, it's a rough stretch, but um, I mean, hopefully they turn it around. I know with this COVID thing, it's, it's thrown a, a monkey wrench into I, everything. I've talked with a couple coaches, college that's, that, I mean, it's definitely the hardest year of college coaching that you can deal with. I mean, you go in the COVID protocol, you can't practice for you're shut down for two weeks. And then yeah. all of a sudden you lose. I mean, a couple of players have been out for NC state in yeah. game. and like, you're not able to get your full team to practice every day. Um, so, I mean, I think this year's is very difficult and I mean, you're going to, ha- you're going to hit some really down parts of the year just because COVID is not allowing you to do a lot of things that you normally do throughout the year. Now has, has the you know COVID changed anything from the recruiting standpoint? Like coaches, well, obviously in the summertime there wasn't a lot of games and it was a lot limited, especially on the circuit. But have you seen it change a lot of things via recruiting? Whether you know it's putting you now in contact with a lot more coaches than what you've what you know you or your dad or Kobe have even seen in the past, or anything like that. I, th- I think it really hurts the kids more at the like the lower levels and mid-major D2s, D3s yeah. more than it hurts the high, the high major kids. Cause you, we all know, like, like I said before, like we know the kids that are going to NC state. We know the kids that are going to Carolina Wake Forest. We know those kids, like they're, they're out there. And um, I think, I think a lot of the schools from the, like the lower levels are like holding out on scholarships because they want to take a transfer because they want to stay old. Like they don't have enough film or uh, they haven't seen a kid enough to be like, Oh, do I really want to give him a scholarship? Like, not that they're scared. They just want to play it out and try to stay, like stay old and get, wait till the um, um, transfers. Yeah. And I think that's, that's one of the things that I've really noticed too, is you got these seniors, you know, that haven't signed anywhere. And, you know, like you said, aren't those big recruits that are trying to find a program to get onto. And instead of, you know, you know, a team that would normally offer them a scholarship because they would have saw, you know, their whole body of work throughout summer leading into the high school. Now, like you said, are like, okay, let's, let's try and find a transfer, you know, something, something that we've seen maybe a little bit more, there's a little bit more video on them instead of, you know, taking the risk on someone that could potentially be, you know, a good pickup, but instead they're kind of falling through the cracks right now. And plus it makes it hard because these guys in college get an extra year eligibility. This year doesn't count. So like if this year doesn't count, and I know next year you're going to have more than your 13 scholarships, but some schools at the lower level can't afford 13, more than 13 scholarships. Yeah. So like, there's not going to be able to go over. So if a kid wants to come back, like, are you going to tell a kid that's on your team right now that he can't come back and move a kid in or what are you going to do? Yeah, it's, it's chaos. I mean, and there's not, and honestly, there's not a right answer to it. So uh, I don't know what they'll do. So Let's let's kind of touch on your dad a little bit. So you, you you got you know basketball roots in you when you're younger. Kind of touch on what it meant to have him, you know, always in your corner, being a basketball minded dad, you know, understanding the game. How that kind of made you a better player. 
Well, I mean, we both can't come from basketball families. And I think we, I think we hit on, hit on it the other day when we were talking about, you know, when, when you were playing professionally and like the first thing that your dad asked you after the game, did you win the game? Did you yeah. win or lose? <laughs> and I think my dad kind of gave that to me, um, put that motto in me at an early age. Cause my main thing, no matter what is winning, winning basketball games. Yeah. Like, we're asked how many points we scored later. I mean, the first question is, Hey, did you win the basketball game? Yeah. And, and I think I was taught the fundamentals of the game, um, how to play the game. Um, my basketball IQs really high. Um, and that that's all to him because he taught me how to play the game the right way. I, I didn't go out there and I mean, I was flashy, but, um, I did it in ways that my team still won the game. I always had a high, um, assist to turnover ratio. I mean, yeah. I think I was top in ACC my sophomore year. And I mean, I know my senior year at Butler, I was second in the country. Yeah. And so like, those are the type things that like my dad would always put like after the game, he's like, man, you shouldn't have made this play because you turned the ball over or you didn't put this guy in position where he's able to score. And I think we both know, like with us being, like we're not the fastest guy out there. We got to be the smartest guy out there and we got to do things on the court. That's going to separate us from other people. So um, I just think growing up, like having my dad, I mean, he, he was there every step of the way. Like he was there. I mean, most of my workouts, he was there at all my games. Like he's, he's, he's my biggest fan, but also my hardest critic at the same time. Yeah. And I think that's uh Looking back on a lot of people, and, and it, trust me, it is like I can verify that there's a lot of, you know, dads that coach their kids and, you know, are uh, on the softer side with them. But listen, I lost game. I, like I lost one in eighth grade and my dad was my coach and I walked home like it's it. It was rough. And then he wants to bust out film and show me guys messing up and like doing stuff wrong and telling me it's my fault that I need to be a better leader and helping them. So I, I think that's kind of the main thing is when you got, especially like your dad is a basketball minded, they don't, they're not sugarcoating it. I mean, they're going to make you a better player and they're going to critique you really quick to make sure, you know, you know what you're doing and that you can do it better the next time. Yeah, I mean, it's so hard, like, you know, like having your dad as your coach, too, growing up, like, people from the outside looking in are going to be like, oh, you favor your son, like, no, like, no one knows how hard, like, those car. I mean, obviously, I never had to walk home, so, yeah, um, <laughs> your dad, um, not just kidding, um, like, I mean, those car rides of, you know, getting your butt chewed out, and yeah, Get, sitting at home until like you would just pray like man when is the next game like i'm ready to redeem myself after this bad uh, bad game just to get yeah. my just to get it back to normal for sure all right so i, I got some the uh, one is a question that i that i ask anybody anybody that's you know been on nc state campus i uh, i always ask and then uh then i got another one that's just i mean they're kind of goofy questions so you can kind of have fun with it as you like so the first one is what's your most memorable moment in an NC State uniform? Most memorable moment? Um, I have two. I've beaten um, North Carolina on college game day. Okay. Um, and it, it, it goes back. I mean, I think I played like a minute that game. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, it, it just all goes back to winning and beating North Carolina, being on college game day. Um, yeah. 
and then winning um, in the NCAA tournament versus Xavier. Um, yeah. My sophomore year. Yeah. That's, I mean, because, I mean, we played in the same, we played at Dayton where we got beat the year before. And it was just something going back to Dayton, playing in that gym, and then being able to make a jump in the NCAA tournament. Yeah. And that's one of the bad things is so when I drive home from Raleigh to Indiana, I have to go through Dayton. And it's just, I mean, I hate driving through Dayton now just because I remember, you know, losing in Dayton. All right. So here's the, here's the kind of the goofier question and everybody kind of gets mad at me for even asking this. So what's the best restaurant on like the, not necessarily on campus, but like in the area, the best restaurant. Oh man. I'm going to go with the Japanese place in the mall. Crabtree. <laughs> I don't know. Is that, is that whatever. It is phenomenal. Is that Conky or Kanki? Uh, I don't know. Yep. How to okay. I never know how to pronounce it, but I don't I know, know where it's at. That's what? the first one. That's the first one I've had. I've had Amedios. I've had Clues Cloney. I've had, you know, Sammy's and I think Stott's, Stott's Battle took Chick-fil-A and well, Atrium or, or wherever it's at. Come on, Stott's, you're better than that. Yeah, so yeah, I, I love Chick-fil-A, first. so, but can't, mm, best restaurant See, I couldn't, I couldn't afford that in college. My parents weren't putting enough money into my account then. <laughs> that's, 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 that's why you had to go for lunch, man. You had to get the lunch special. See, I'm, I wasn't that smart. I wasn't thinking there. But, no, I appreciate you coming on. Obviously, anytime we get to talk to you and, and you know, pick your basketball mind and, and, and you got, obviously, all the recruits that are coming through. So, I'm sure we're going to have you back on the show talking about any, any of the recruits coming in. But, obviously, we, we appreciate you. All the NC State fans watching, please subscribe, like, do all that fun stuff that I don't really understand, but, you know, do it because it helps us out. Tyler, we appreciate you having, having you on the show, and, and we'll be in touch with you, and congratulations on, on the soon-to-have soon to baby boy. Sounds good. Thanks for having me, and go Pack. Go Pack. All right. Later. I love it.